from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNY News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion is an exclusive priority of CUNA leadership and its member credit unions. Earlier this year, former CUNA board chairman Marie Smith President and CEO of local government federal credit union in Raleigh, North Carolina, proposed that credit unions consider diversity and inclusion as an eighth cooperative principle. Smith currently leads a diversity and inclusion ad hoc working group of credit union leaders tasked with taking an honest look at the credit union movement through this lens. In this podcast, we are joined by CUNA board member Teresa Freeborn, President CEO of Exceed Financial Credit Union of El Segundo, California, and three of the credit union's board members. Joining the podcast are Exceed Financial board members Mark Cunningham, Ronnie Crichton, and Judy Novak, who share their views on the board's role in fostering DEI and how DEI can strengthen the competitive position and social currency of the credit union movement. Please join me in this discussion of an important topic for credit unions. Let's introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Ron Jose. I'm a um, senior editor with Credit Union Magazine. Teresa, do you want to introduce yourself and then we'll have your board members go? I will. It's Teresa Freeborn and I'm the president and chief executive of Exceed Financial Credit Union in El Segundo, California. And I've been the CEO since 2006. And um, I have been in the credit union movement all of my entire career and wouldn't ever leave it. <laughs> so I actually hail from Canada. So if you pick up a little bit of an accent there, you'll, you'll know that it's uh, my heritage. I'm Ronnie Crichton. I'm currently the vice chair of the board. I've held various officer positions um, because I joined the board in 1992 as a mere child. So I've been here for 27 great years. And professionally, I'm a managing attorney for Xerox Corporation, which is a primary seg of the credit union. Judy Novak, I have been on the Exceed board for seven years, joined in 2012, currently part of the nominating committee and the finance committee, and former chair of the nominating committee. I am retired, actually worked at Xerox Corporation for 28 years, uh, most recent role the CFO of our North American operations. So I'm Mark Cunningham. I've been with the board uh, as a volunteer with the board since 2013. So six great years with this team. And uh, professionally, I'm the global vice president of HR. We call it People Solutions at Concentrix. It's a very large uh, multinational global company providing customer care services around the world. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. And Teresa, why don't you kick it off by tell me a little bit about Exceed Financial and your field of membership. Yes, Ron. Um, Exceed Financial, we're a full-service, federally chartered workplace credit union. Um, so we operate across the nation, in fact, in all 50 states. Our roots go back more than 85 years. And um, among our employer group partners are some of the country's biggest and perhaps most prestigious brands, and that includes, of course, Xerox, as already mentioned by some of our board members. Um, but it also includes Realogy and Wyndham Worldwide, Tyco, um, ADT, Security, Pentair, and, and a lot more. Ronnie, can you explain for me the diversity of your volunteers? Exceed has an 11-member volunteer team that's genuinely diverse. Specifically, we have five women and six men. We have one person of color, that's me, and we'd always like to increase that. 
we have one person in the LBGTQ community and ages that range from 52 to 76 with an average age of 63. And we really work on all of these to thoughtfully reflect the diversity of our membership. This is something that every credit union can learn from this next question. I'll I'll aim this towards Judy. What's your process for recruiting volunteers to ensure diversity? So as a workplace credit union, we're lucky because we naturally draw most of our volunteers from our employer groups. And our employer groups, the companies that Teresa mentioned before, many of them have a specific focus on diversity. So we kind of have a consistent thought process between the company diversity program and the credit union. And that's that's enabled us really to recruit a very diverse board. When we know that there's an opening coming up in in our board, we work with management. the, The nominating committee works with management to cast a wide net. We want to make sure that we're intentionally seeking out people who can bring something new to the table and as well complement the existing team. That's really important. Obviously, qualifications come first. We want to make sure we have a broad variety of functions represented. We want to make sure we have people that have a heart for service because, as we all know, um, there's no financial compensation being a board member for a credit union. Lots of people meet those goals, right? But we have this commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that's always the goal we're looking at. Another thing, too, is ensuring that when we have a, we talk about a profile of the ideal candidate, we want to make sure that we are not including subtle biases that might eliminate diverse candidates. So lots of times when we think about bringing somebody in, we think about people we know, and we try to step away from that and really say, what is it that we're looking for? What are the skills? What are the elements? What are the traits and characteristics that we're looking for? that when we bring in the next volunteer to really make sure we're as broad and diverse as possible. And Mark, this next one's a good one for you, especially given your professional position. Um, How does Exceed define diversity and how does that differ from the typical definition? I'll give you a good example. Uh, Teresa herself, who's so well known in the credit union industry, we hear her often talk about her years of experience and her uh, experience with industry boards and organizations over the years. So just imagine she walks into a room, the only woman in a sea of probably a lot of white men. And they think that just because she shows up as a female, that there's an achievement of diversity, right? So that's, that's, we all know that's not true. But also it points to the reality that even today, lots of organizations only consider gender or perhaps race, things you can physically see when assessing diversity. But here at Exceed, we take a broader perspective than most companies and most entities. We aim for a lot more inclusion and not less. So we count gender, race, age, sexual orientation, among many other things, because it's about the diversity of culture, of thought to expand that, uh, because we find it helpful to bring the necessary diversity of perspective to our board table not just what people physically identify with. So it's a matter of equity. The moral argument is always in favor of enabling all of us to have a seat at the table and to be represented in the organization we all own as members. But it's also a business imperative. I think we heard Judy also talk about the comparison of our our member diversity to our board diversity to even our employee diversity. That business imperative makes for stronger decision-making because it's simply better when a team brings 
a widely diverse set of perspectives, diverse thinking to the organizational challenges. And, and Ronnie, do you have a plan for volunteer diversity? As I mentioned, I've been a volunteer with Exceed for a lot of years, and I'd love to tell you that initially it was all part of a grand plan, but it wasn't. We have a plan now, but at first it just happened, but it wasn't completely accidental. As Judy mentioned, many of our volunteers, including me, rose through the ranks at Xerox, and Xerox has a long tradition of diverse and inclusive leadership. And for many decades now, Xerox has actively worked with programs that are well implemented to create opportunities for for talented people from diverse backgrounds to rise within the organization. So because so many of us grew up professionally in that culture, in that environment, we already had those values and applied them in the workplace. And so it was second nature for us to build a diverse team here at Exceed. Now, as we went forward, we became more organized about it and created a a real process to ensure that, as Judy and Mark mentioned, it's board policy to seek out volunteers who don't necessarily fit the typical credit union volunteer profile, but rather will reflect the perspectives and priorities of our membership so that we can ensure that we are doing the best job for our membership possible. So you were very fortunate, but you were also very smart and proactive. And now, this is a tough question. Judy, should credit unions force elected volunteers to resign in order to achieve diversity goals? That's a tough one, yeah. Interesting idea. You know, we we have not done that at Exceed. And I'm not sure, quite honestly, given the, the bylaws that we operate under, that, that we could do it. You know, I think that the reality is, is every board can start taking steps today to ensure that they're moving toward a more diverse board, you know, set of board volunteers. And it's really the responsibility of the nominating committee within the board, the management of the credit union, and the, and the, the whole volunteer board to take a hard look at where they're at. You know, what have they done in terms of gender? You know, all the things that Mark said before, gender, race, age, sexual orientation. And I would add as well, professional and functional skills, because that's very important as well, to say, okay, where are we? What are our shortcomings? And then what can we do? What can we do today? Can we, um, a, you know, look at our, our volunteers and, and see where we might be able to add? And also think about the longer term and say, what do we do? Where do we want to be? And how do we plan to get us there going forward? So I think I'm not sure that I would advocate for let's just get rid of the ones that, that, are the, that look the same and let's go out and get more diversity. But let's plan for it in a smart manner so that we make sure we end up where we want to be and we have the right quality board members to really help take the the board forward. If I could jump in there on that question, Ron, another point that I think credit unions struggle with is that we tend to have board members like me who stick around for a long time because you develop a real commitment to the movement. Sure. And rather than forcing people off, one of the things that the credit union has done is recognize that commitment and honor that commitment and created an emeritus program so that people can continue to participate even as we bring new board members on. So that facilitates the growth and diversity while maintaining and honoring the commitment of people who have been here a long time and their institutional knowledge and ideas as well. What we've found is our more tenured members are also really committed to diversity and so they take advantage of the program and that allows us to create greater diversity as we go. And throwing it back at you, Mark, um, 
What are the benefits of, of having a diverse group of volunteers? As a business executive myself, just like the others on this call, there's a lot of business research we've all seen over the years showing that teams that have a lot of diversity of thought, of culture, of backgrounds, of tenure, I like the functional skills um, argument as well. Those teams always bring a broader perspective to business challenges. And as a result, they make better and smarter decisions. And in, the, in a competitive world, uh, that's the lifeblood, being innovative, being smarter, being better at your decisions. So that's a good enough argument on its own. But let me point out maybe a couple of other important benefits for the sake of this topic and our conversation on the credit union. Leaders who cultivate diversity and inclusion, they have to be role models of those assets on their teams, and they tend to elicit more loyalty as a result. Because when people feel more included and they feel valued, they stick around. That loyalty is very important for continuity. And as Ronnie said, the Emeritus Program definitely shows that where we value that tenure, we value that wisdom that comes with years of loyalty. So it shouldn't be surprising that people who feel valued and included are less likely to want to jump ship. That continuity is really important for credit unions, not only from an employee perspective within the credit unions, but also our members when they feel valued uh, because they feel part of a diverse culture in the credit union as well as the board. That helps us all tackle those long-term challenges as a team, especially the challenges that arise from an increasingly diverse population and, as I mentioned, a member base. Another benefit is in terms of gender balance. I think most of us have probably seen lots of studies, whether Canada, the U.S., Australia, Europe, showing that the best firms for women consistently outperform their industry medians. So we talk about gender. There are a lot of countries that don't value that balance. I would say that in the United States and Canada, as an example, we do see more and more. We have a lot more to do. We, we haven't achieved success, but I do think that uh, definitely the, the business data show that women consistently outperform industry medians when they are a large part of the workforce. And then finally, in recent years, we've seen a lot of news coverage about the high cost of board-level indiscretions, public companies, off you see it just in the general news. Um, it's pretty clear that much of that behavior is often enabled by what many people have called the old boys club or the good old boys club. I think having diversity on your volunteer team fosters a better governance and stronger corporate responsibility. Uh, we want to simply eliminate the ability to look the other way at inappropriate behavior. We need to tackle those things head on. And when you foster as role models, as business leaders who are role models of diversity and inclusion, you're going to de-risk that quite a bit. Judy, did you want to provide some more examples of how volunteers have benefited the credit union? I've served on many other not-for-profit boards, and I think lots of times in those situations, at least my experience has been that they haven't necessarily been as diverse as what we see at the Exceed Board, and you tend to have a couple people really making the decisions and driving most of the activity of the board, and when that happens, to Mark's point, you don't get that diversity of thought that really helps us make better decisions, helps us better represent the members that yeah. we represent. And the other thing, too, is, you know, you asked the question about, you know, should we force attrition or whatever? And I think about Ronnie, Ronnie being on the board for 27 years and the 
experience that she brings to the stable and the perspective that she brings. Sometimes we always want to have really great new ideas and we don't want to think about what's happened in the past. But lots of times we're well served by understanding what's happened as the past is a guidepost for the future. So having a balance of tenured board members like Ronnie, along with more junior board members like Mark, having that diversity of tenure as well as diversity of gender and everything else we've talked about really helps us in our decision-making process. It helps us that institutional knowledge can be very helpful as we go through tough decision-making timeframes. But the new perspective of the, the fresh perspective of new board members to be innovative is great as well. So I love the balance of both. And Teresa, I'd like to bring you in here on this. What is your perspective on diversity, uh, for lack of a better term, mandates on this? Should volunteers be required to reflect the membership? Um, and how hard is that to do from the CEO's perspective? You know, I think it, it really does start at the very beginning in, in terms of even discussions with members. And that's how we recruit our our volunteers at, at the end of the day is we look for members that are very interested in their credit union and they bring different perspectives. And we have that conversation very early on to say that it's important for us to, like we, 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 you know, we, we set those goals and we know it's important. We articulate that it's important. And I think folks just truly understand that. I, I think it's so important, especially in terms of um, just even basic demographics. I mean, I, I look at a lot of credit union boards and they're not realizing that it's very important to have volunteer placement at, at their, your most senior table here that reflects all of your demographics in every way you want to slice and dice it. So I think it's just critical. What do you see your role as a CEO of being? I think it's very similar to what the chair and the executive committee have, right? They, the CEO does set the tone for credit union overall, you know, so that there is this volunteer commitment, which, of course, I share. Yeah. Um, it finds its way into every corner of Exceed. And I would say that any credit union that wants to place a priority on diversity, on equity, on inclusion, which I think everyone needs to, they need to make sure they have a CEO who shares that vision with them. And if that vision isn't aligned, then... Nothing good is going to come of this. You know that. And I think we can also play a role by supporting our volunteers with data. Sometimes our volunteers don't even know what's going on in their own institution, right? right. So we need to track and we need to keep them updated on where the credit union's workforce and the volunteers stand out on, on our various diversity measures. You know, what gets measured gets done. And I think that we need to hold that true for diversity goals as well. And we can certainly also support their efforts to become a more inclusive entity by providing input on selection and nominating process. I think at the very beginning, it was mentioned that management has a role in that too. We don't just sit back and let the board do all of that work. They want our input. It's, it's part of their inclusive, right? It, it, it helps us to sort of, you know, weed out criteria and processes that might perpetuate very unconscious biases that we have that can eliminate some very qualified candidates. And I think example would be, although it's kind of a flip side, right? We have previous board experiences, really important. But if that's your only criteria, think about it. Um, you're going to weed out a whole bunch of otherwise very qualified people with very appropriate training and mentoring that we could do to bring them on board to become one heck of a great volunteer for a credit union. And Ronnie, given your depth of experience, what do you see the board's role in ensuring diversity? The board has numerous roles in doing this in a nutshell. Um, and one is to be explicit about its goals and its culture 
and to ensure that if there are instances of implicit bias, that they're identified and weeded out, and to also be explicit about what diversity really means and that it doesn't just mean gender or ethnicity or tokenism, well, we got one person, that box is checked, we're done with that, for what they bring to the table. And you can have people who look the same who bring very different things to the table. I think an important area of diversity for this credit union is to continually be conscious of adding people of different socioeconomic circumstances, because that gives you different perspectives on products and services that are of value to different constituencies in your membership base. So I think there are a number of different considerations to take into consideration and make sure that you're reflecting all of the things that will help you be the best credit union for the diverse membership that we have. And Mark, kind of tapping in on your both your role as a volunteer and, and a professional, do you think it's necessary to bring in a, like a DEI consultant or even a, a chief diversity officer to to achieve real diversity gains? You know, there, there's a lot of um, companies that believe that you have to have a diversity officer separate from other kinds of roles. And I'm a big fan of hiring the right experts to get a job done. But one of the things that you have to start with is mindset. In other words, diversity is not a program. You have to hire people with the right mindset of diversity in their attributes and in their traits and in their being. And so while most credit unions, they probably can't afford to hire a separate chief diversity officer on their staff. Consulting is needed with a diversity consultant. If you're struggling as a culture, uh, can be a good idea to give you some, some great ideas. But as Teresa said, as CEO, she stands up and is the chief champion of diversity for the whole company. You need that kind of sponsorship and that kind of diversity illumination um, across your entire group, whether it's the volunteer board or whether it's your employee base or whatever. So I, I don't want any of your listeners to think that you have to hire an expensive consultant or to use that to say, well, we don't really, we can't afford that. So we're going to put diversity lower on the imperative scale. Every single credit union, every single organization can pursue diversity, equity, and inclusion on their own. They just have to speak up and be counted. And then they have to hire the right people. We've managed to accomplish everything we have at Exceed without outside assistance because we have the role models in our leadership team. We have the board diversity that we value and that we talk about and we support our executives and the entire workforce. So whether you hire a consultant or you do it on your own, the key thing is to commit diversity as a true strategic priority and keep it on the radar all the time. Teresa. How else does Exceed foster DEI, and how do you prioritize it? The priority we place on diversity, equity, and inclusion, it it permeates Exceed throughout. It's across all departments. It's at all levels. And if I even start with my own senior management team, you know, we have, I have five direct reports, and, um, you know, four of us are female in total, two are are male. Um, If you look at all associates, because we, again, we measure these things because I want to make sure that we are tracking and and reflecting um, our, our membership as we, as we staff our credit union. So if you look at all associates, you know, 65% are female, 35% are male. That's probably a little lower than the normal credit union. Normally, it's, it's around that 70 plus in terms of women. 
But if you look at our leadership team, it's pretty much tracking our entire staff. So we've got 58% are women on our leadership or management role and 41% are men. So that tells me that we're tracking, it's, it's doing what it should doing by looking at these numbers. But I, I think it just sort of speaks volumes about how we prioritize DEI. And I've, I've heard from all of our associates that that leadership composition really tells them that our commitment to valuing different perspectives and different backgrounds is really authentic. And I think that's what your associates have to feel and hear. And as I look at the future of the credit union, and quite frankly, of all of our credit unions, I think it's going to be crucial for us all. Our, our population, our memberships, our workforces are becoming more diverse, not less. And we've got ever larger numbers coming from other countries. So we have got to figure out how to market to these folks and meet their needs and how to manage diverse teams to gain that optimal performance in each of our our credit unions. But I think that the most interesting thing is that, like the volunteer team, I didn't set out to check off boxes when building my senior team, but it is now our corporate practice to ensure that we consider diverse candidates in in our hiring. And I've got our HR people tracking several measures to make sure that we always remain in, you know, on track here. And we, we've always had this inclusive culture, and that may come, I might be a bit biased here, but it may be established because we do have a woman at the helm, and it demonstrates to others that we're inclusive that way. So maybe that's what that is, but um, I guess that's, that's the great thing that can happen once diversity, equity, and inclusion become part of your, your actual culture. And all of it should become second nature, and and that truly is our ultimate goal. And Judy, similarly, how do you address DEI in your governance? I mentioned earlier that that I had been the chair of the nominating committee, and I'm currently on the nominating committee, and it really starts there. It's the role of the nominating committee to make sure that as we think about the next set of volunteers that we're bringing in, that we are truly bringing in a diverse set of candidates. And we've talked about all the different elements of diversity that we want to look at. But that's actually a key part of the management process within the nominating committee is to be very thoughtful about that. Before we go out and ask, you know, start asking for candidates, we do stand back and do an assessment. How are we doing? What, what we want to consider as we bring in the next set of candidates? Where are the areas? You know, Teresa talked about different socioeconomic factors. Ronnie talked earlier about the average age of our credit union mem- uh, board members being 52 to 76. So maybe maybe the next set of candidates, maybe we need to think about age or socioeconomic diversity as we bring in the candidates. So that's a we start there and say, what is it we're looking for? And then we try to cast a wide net to, to really go after those diverse candidates. There's a couple other ways that we do it as well. Um, if you think about our meetings, right, we have uh, we talked earlier with Ronnie, 27 years, and we have other members, other board members that have very short tenure. But we really make sure in the meetings that we hear from all the from all the board members. It doesn't do you any good if you have a diverse board and only two people are doing the talking. If you've got the the two old members in the room that are doing all the the talking and making the decisions, so we make sure everybody participates in the process. And we actually, when we bring on a new member, we implement mentoring for those members. Um, there's a lot of technical things we learn when we come when we join a board, but you also want to learn. You know, we want to make sure that that the new board members feel comfortable and they they're happy to ask the questions and come on board. So we we actually assign a mentor to each new board member to help bring them along and, and make them feel comfortable. And then lastly, we evaluate on an annual basis. So. Uh, we evaluate the the chairs. The chairs evaluate all the members of the uh, their committees. 
and we give people feedback to make sure that we are developing our board members so that they can be as productive and participative as possible. So that's really covering everything, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So as we wrap up here, um, I'd like to give each of you a chance to leave us with your final thoughts. Ronnie, do you want to get us started? On behalf of all of us at Exceed and our volunteer team, Ron, I want to thank you for hosting us and for devoting a significant amount of time to these issues. And I use the plural issues intentionally because, as you just discussed, diversity is not the same thing as inclusion, which is not the same thing as equity. All of these things are critical to our future as credit unions. So thank you for giving us a platform for talking about them, increasing the understanding, the awareness, and the focus. Well, it was our pleasure. Um, Judy, would you like to add anything? Yeah, thanks, Ron. Again, I echo Ronnie's thoughts. Thanks for having us. I'd really like to encourage the listeners of this podcast to get to work and think about their volunteer pipelines today. Make sure those pipelines have a set of diverse candidates. And as we bring folks on and we have these candidates, don't just sit around waiting. Be proactive in the process to get there. Find ways right now, such as increasing your other volunteer pool, to enable more people from diverse backgrounds to contribute in meaningful ways. And also be visible to your membership and your employees because it, it all comes together at the end. Thanks, Judy. Uh, Mark, do you have anything to add? You bet. And Ron, again, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to participate in your, your podcast today. One of the things I'd like to encourage your listeners to do, to take an action, is to broaden your thinking about what really constitutes diversity. As we mentioned before, gender and race are the top two that most people think about because they're physically identifiable. And while they're very important and a nice place to start, let's not forget the broader mosaic that really constitutes true diversity of thought, of culture, age, sexual orientation, professional skill sets, as Judy mentioned previously, board tenure and wisdom, and any other facets of diversity that can help your listeners and and to develop their boards with a broader mindset that becomes even better results for their members. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Teresa, you want to bring us home? Oh, sure. Uh, And I guess I'd like to close by speaking to my fellow credit union CEOs who who may be challenged by volunteers who don't see a lack of diversity as a problem, because that's kind of what I see out there. So to you all, I do suggest that you make the business case that diversity and inclusion are no longer nice-to-do things for some other time. They are, in fact, business imperatives today, and, and the research keeps proving it. So show them the data. I think if they have the data in front of them, um, they would perhaps start to feel a little differently. Don't let them hide anymore. And your credit union's future truly will depend on it. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. 